my name is Zach. Brad's smiling at me because this is awkward. We don't have intro music. It doesn't feel like we're starting. Uh, Brad and I are remote. We are quarantined, but the show must go on. Uh, Brad, say hello to everybody. Hey, fam. Uh, so we are back with the next installment of our Behind the Mic series. Um, if you have not been listening to this series, uh, I recommend going back and listening to the first few. Uh, but what this is, is just a set of interviews with the TPM guides for all of you listeners to get to know us a little bit more personally, um, get to see us as the plain guys that we really are. Um, you know, <laughs> truthfully, we're not all that special. Uh, we're just ordinary dudes. Um, you know, trying to find a way to have a heart for the Lord and hopefully help some people learn along the way while we verbally process through some stuff. So up today, uh, my good friend, Brad Gustafson. Um, so Brad, I'm actually excited to learn a little bit more about you as well. We've had some of these conversations, but I don't know if I've uh, asked you all of these questions before. Yeah, should be a good time here. So, Looking uh, forward to it. I think that'll be fun for me, but uh, let's start uh, with some softballs here. Uh, tell me a little bit about what life was like growing up for you. What life was like growing up. Oh, gosh. You said a softball. Oh, i got to think back a little ways here. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, northern suburbs of uh, the Twin Cities. Short stint in Brooklyn Park. And then the rest of it up in Ramsey, Minnesota. Uh, I say Anoka usually. Most people haven't heard of Ramsey. But right next to that Halloween capital of the world. I uh, spent a lot of time playing sports, uh, pretty much uh, anytime people were getting together, consisted of sports and or video games. Uh, I hated reading, and I went to a very small high school. My graduating class was about 40, I was going to say 48, but I'm pretty sure only 47 of us actually passed. Uh, but small charter school, technically a public school, but itty bitty. So, uh... Tell me a little bit more then about like, you know, so I was kind of growing up. How does your faith kind of fit into that story? What's like your coming to faith story? Sure. I mean, I'd say the short version, or at least the actual coming to faith, uh, took place fairly early in my life. So I was fortunate to be raised in a home that put a high value on faith, uh, a home that I'd say had strong Christian leadership from my father. The year that included fifth and sixth grade, he sat me down every single evening that year and walked me through the entire Bible. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I loved it in the moment, but I definitely had an appreciation for it. Uh, it helped me maybe recognize how big of a deal faith is and just how much my dad valued it. Uh, it really was a top priority for him and helped me better understand this isn't just on Sundays. It's not just going to church, but there's something that he does every day of his life. And as he pulled me into that, uh, it was really the start of a journey for me, uh, a journey that I am still learning plenty on uh, week by week, month by month here. Uh, the next couple steps in there that I think are really relevant. Uh, the next couple of years, again, I'm in middle school at the time, so still quite young. Uh, but I've always been a very black and white thinker, uh, extremely logical I started looking at some of the claims of Christianity, uh, just that there's an all-knowing God, uh, that heaven and hell are eternal, that they're real. And then you think a little bit, do I, do I actually believe this? Like, these are weighty claims that 
me being a Christian boy that I was said, those who trust Jesus will go to heaven, be with God forever. And those who don't will go to hell and be separated from him forever. I actually believe that. And if I do actually believe it, uh, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I can't just say that's true. Everybody will live forever in perfection with our Father or in separation from Him and just keep living my daily life. Uh, like I need to let my life revolve around that truth if I'm claiming it. And I spent a couple of years really just digging into that. Do I believe this? Is this something that I'm convinced of? And what kind of implications might that have on my life? And I'd say I came to a point of comprehending Christianity and its claims. Uh, and I came to a point of, uh, I would say, mentally or cognitively ascending to those truths, saying, yes, I do believe the Bible is the word of God. Yes, I do believe Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with God. And that was, I would say, a point that I came to have a relationship with God. I'd say it's a point that I was likely saved. Well, I don't know for certain. My freshman year of high school was a huge turning point, And that's the point I continually look back to as fully convinced that God is real and that I know him. Uh, my freshman year of high school, I was diagnosed with cancer. I found about 22 tumors in my neck, a little bit over 100 in my chest, and a few more in my lower abdomen. Uh, that would have been November of 2009, freshman year of high school. And I spent the two following years going through chemotherapy. Praise God, I look back at that as hands down one of the biggest blessings in my life. Uh, he really took that two-year period to take that head knowledge that I had accumulated prior and sink that into my heart. Uh, a lot of that knowledge that I comprehended about the Bible, I really started to apprehend over that time taking it for my own, recognizing these promises that Christ makes in Scripture, I can hold on to. God is who He says He is, and I see Him showing up in very real ways in my life. I say both just my relationship with Him personally, and additionally how He used the community around me, though, and how He used other believers in my life to come alongside me and to encourage me in that time. Uh, so I'd say, in short, that is my quote-unquote coming-to-faith story. Yeah, as short as, you know, short can be. No, well, I love it. It's I relative. Bits. I can babble for a while. <laughs> oh, I, that much I do know about you. Um, no, there's a good... I didn't know a lot of those details. I knew some of them, but no, it's always fun for me. So, uh, kind of going from that then, um, what are you up to nowadays? Uh, you don't have to get too pain, painfully specific, but, you know, what do you do now? What do I do? Well, at the moment, I spend a lot of time in my bedroom and living room uh, <laughs> i'm guessing you're uh, less interested in myself quarantining life and more just bigger picture i am a well i technically was a project manager at xl energy i now have the title of business analyst uh, i'm in the it department with them so after college i spent a short stint in full-time ministry absolutely loved it do recommend uh, from there I had someone set me up, a uh, connection with Microsoft. I was doing sales with them for a while. 
I won't get into the details, but that was up in Fargo, North Dakota. Great place. I love Fargo. I hate the location of it. If I could click yeah. and drag that city yeah, about sure. three hours east, it'd be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't. So, left Microsoft, left Fargo, got my butt back here to the Twin Cities, uh, married my beautiful wife, and I uh, currently live in the northern suburbs of the Twin Cities once again. Uh, married, have a puppy, have a townhome, and as mentioned, at the ID, IT department with Excel Energy. Nice. That's what I like to hear, back in the Twin Cities. Yeah, nice it's good to close, be home. Nice no and close to the Doman family and the rest of the TPM guys. <laughs> So, like we said, like we said, we are theology of plain men. Um, theology is in our name as well as plain man. Uh, as Brad has laid out for all of you listeners, he is a painfully plain individual. Uh, he's ordinary. Uh, he's got bits and pieces in there that I would say certainly are a little, you know, extraordinary. I wouldn't say that to his face. You know, I don't want to puff his head up too big. But um, theology is right right smack at the beginning of that phrase that we have um and that's because we think that ordinary people have the right to have a good sense of theology so um brad i want you to tell me what is your defining theological thing what's your defining theological moment the part in your story where um after you became a christian you start you began to grasp this idea about god um that gave you the deeper understanding um, and that pushed you theologically. And if you had to put a thesis statement on theology according to Brad, this would have to be in it. Uh, what is what is that thing for you? All right. I'm going to start talking for a little bit here. Uh, my thesis statement I might have to externally process for a little while to get to. But as you bring that up, there are three things in my story that really stand out along those guidelines as far as defining moments that really shaped my theology, uh, or at least shaped my walk with God, a little bit more broadly speaking. First one's going to be uh, during chemotherapy, or shortly thereafter. Uh, at that time, I got heavily involved with my youth group and my youth pastor. Uh, I, I have to give credit where it's due. This chapter is his, not mine. Uh, but Romans 12 is something that he was passionate about and something that's definitely lit a fire in me since I'd say middle of high school through the present. And it's a passage that I remind myself of frequently. Uh, one of the, sadly, the very few passages of scripture actually I've memorized. Uh, but in that, I won't go ahead and recite it, but there's a couple of key things. Uh, please do open up your Bibles, read at least the first couple of verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about being a living sacrifice. Uh, my life is not mine. I've laid it down. I've given it up. And my prayer is that my life would be reflective of being a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. Uh, I want every day to be reminded he has purchased me. He has paid my ransom so that I can know him, so that I can walk with him. And I want to lay down my life day in and day out while I'm still here. But the passage goes on. It talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this one has really stuck with me. Uh, just so much of the way that the Holy Spirit works in our lives and transforms us 
or the Christian word sanctifies us, renews us, uh, it really starts inside. It's not just behavior modification. It's not just being disciplined. But it's having new thoughts, really evaluating what are my core beliefs, what are my thought patterns, and where does that differ from the way that God designed it to be. And so just being transformed by the renewing of my mind is something that's been important for me and making sure that I am consuming biblical, godly material for my mind to chew on and to think about and to meditate on. So living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of my mind, passionate about it, it was a huge part of my life in high school and honestly ever since. Flash forward just a couple years, point number two, there was a time when I was going through chemotherapy and I <laughs> this sounds bad. Uh, I looked around all of my peers and said, why don't y'all get it? We've been going to the same church our whole lives. Why are you saying those stupid things? Why are you spending your time that way? Uh, <laughs> it's really easy to look back and see the self-righteousness and the pride that was laced throughout my actions and my thoughts in high school. Uh, God definitely used it to do some cool things at the time, though. And I started up a couple Bible studies. I started meeting with guys in a one-on-one basis. I uh, started leading actually a small group at my high school. They got together and we'd meet. Because every other Thursday morning, we'd get like a group of 30 people together and just talk through scripture, break on the, into groups and pray before school started. Uh, and it was just a really fun time for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it to the point that I'm like, you know what, I, I think I kind of want to do this in a full-time fashion. Like, this is a good time. This is what I'm most passionate about. This is what I care about most. Maybe I should go into full-time ministry. So I called somebody up that I knew that was in ministry and just said, hey, can we get some coffee? I want to pick your brain. I want to hear more about what you do, why you do it, how you ended up there. And just to kind of jump forward through this story, I get to the very end of this conversation with the guy. Before I leave, I say, Dan, somebody's thinking about going to full-time ministry. They're on the fence. They don't know which way to go. What's one piece of advice that you'd have for him? And he looked me in the eye. Did not take long at all. Said, Brad, is God good? And is God enough? And he left me with that. Is God good? Is God enough? I've tried to ask myself that question. I have successfully asked myself that question literally hundreds of times since that day. Uh, it's very clear on the surface. Is God good? Yeah, he turned cancer into one of the biggest blessings of my life. Clearly God is good. Check. Yes, I know that. Is God enough? I know the textbook answer. But is my life going to reflect that? Are the decisions that I make reflective of that core belief that God is enough for me? So point one, Romans 12, being renewed, being a living sacrifice. Point two, is God good? Is God enough? And continuously asking me that question. Point number three. End of my time in college, I attended a panel of a few businessmen that came in and just talked about what does it look like to walk with Christ in the business world. Not everybody's called into full-time ministry. Uh, not everybody's going overseas or meeting with college students or working at a church, you name it. The vast majority of Christ's followers are heading into the trenches. Whether that be blue-collar work or corporate America, they show up every day. 
with a bunch of non-believers, get their hands dirty and go to work. And there are three different guys, each of them, I would say, kind of encapsulated these three phrases. Be humble, seek wisdom, and love everyone. Be humble, seek wisdom, love everyone. Those three phrases, those six words, I have written in notebooks <laughs> literally hundreds of times since I heard those guys speak. And it's something that I want those to be very core to who I am. And I want to be very clear no matter who I'm interacting with, whether it be friends, colleagues, people at work, my family, I want those to be ways that I'm described, that I'm known. That I'm a humble person that puts others first. That I'm seeking wisdom at all times, knowing that I don't have it all together. I don't have it figured out. And there's always more that I can learn. There's a better way to do this thing. And loving everyone. Knowing there's going to be times that I'll butt heads with people. Or I may sense some bitterness or resentment coming up between me and another person. But I want to recognize that. Identify it. Address it. And work through it. So that I can love those people in my life and love them well. So I feel like I kind of had a roundabout answer to your question. Uh, what would be my defining theology? I don't know which one to pick, honestly. But Romans 12 is a passage that really I'm passionate about, and I go back to time and again. Those questions, is God good? Is God enough? Those core values. Be humble. Seek wisdom. Love everyone. That's solid. I love it. Um, thanks, Brad. I appreciate that. Um, so as we uh, move into the last part here, uh, hopefully get a little bit practical, um, you know, for the listener here. Uh, how are you actively walking with God today? Like, what are your action steps that you take um, daily or weekly, whatever, whatever that cadence is for you? Um, how are you actively walking with God? I'm smiling over here. You probably can't see that in the audio. I, <laughs> I love the question. And partially because it's convicting. Uh, Brad, you're sitting here 25 years old. Does your life look like what you expected it to uh, when you were going through college, when you were in full-time ministry? And uh, I'm smiling because I know the answer is yes and no. Plenty of room for growth. Plenty of things I want to be doing better or more consistently. But I'd say that my walk with God today really plays out in maybe, let's say, primarily three channels. Uh, most days, not all, most days I wake up uh, a little bit earlier than uh, I want and I make myself some coffee and I just spend time with God. Uh, usually it looks like reading a few chapters of scripture, spending some time thinking about it and spending some time in prayer. Uh, I wish my prayer was more consistent than it is. I wish it was longer or more earnest than it is. Uh, but just Having that time with God one-on-one -on -one, uh, is extremely important to me. Knowing that I'm not going to make wise decisions throughout my day or love people well throughout my day if I'm not first receiving that wisdom and that love from Him. So spend time with God one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Spending time with community. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, there's a reason I'm doing this TPM thing. I love you guys. You make me better. You sharpen me. You call me out on my crap. Uh, I appreciate it. 
And so intentionally spending time with men that know me well and can encourage me, can call me out, inviting guys into my life to call me out is important to me. So community and thirdly church, uh, being a part of my local church and not just attending on the weekend, but getting to know people on a real level, uh, being involved in a Bible study, uh, looking for opportunities to serve more. Uh, I'll be the first to admit uh, my intentionality with my local church is probably something I can grow in, spend a little bit more time uh, processing through what that's going to look like. But one-on-one time with God, time with men in my life who know me and can sharpen me, and time with the local church body. Love it. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this uh, next segment of Behind the Mic. Um, like I said, we're a theology of plain men, and I hope that our verbal processing was edifying for you. Exactly. Stellar questions. I love them. All right. Have a good week, everybody.